The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. So you may have heard about the Writers Guild uh, strike which has taken place in Hollywood. And in fact, if you are interested in streaming and watch streaming on Netflix and Showmax, you might have seen a slight slowdown in new material simply because of that particular strike. But the strike was uh, linked to a lot of questions, and those were questions around generative AI. Let's look at artificial intelligence. What is the role? What is the impact that it's going to have, not just on actors, but also on writers as well? So whilst the strike is over, the question we have to ask is, has the question around generative AI been resolved? On the line with us, we've got the one and only Toby Shapshap, Editor-in-Chief of Stuff.co.za and Executive Director of Scroller.Africa. Toby, thanks for joining us. Good morning. I'm actually a generative AI bot, and I'm going to try and answer your questions, Michelle. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say that because yesterday a friend showed me um, something that her son had been working on where he, um, because he's in Portugal, he was speaking Portuguese. And of course, it was um, it was a bot and he wasn't actually speaking. But the fact that it looked it was him and he mm. was speaking Portuguese, which makes one think that, yes, we need to get in front of AI and not kind of lag behind it, if that makes sense. But th- it does indeed. But... So let's just unpack the, the writer's strike because it, 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 it will help explain the, the point you're suggesting, which is we can, we can do so much with this now that previously you couldn't. So you can create a video where someone speaks a foreign language. Uh, those are often called deep fakes. You see lots of them. Uh, Joe Biden did, there was one about Joe Biden. There'd be lots of spoof photographs made, for instance, yeah. the, the the Pope wearing a puffer jacket, um, Harry Potter stars doing uh, Bellagio. Bellagio, I'm sorry, Michelle, I'm not as good at fashion as I am at tech. I'm not sure if that's the, <laughs> the fashion brand's name. You'll have to help me out. Uh, an Italian brand that sounds like an ice cream or a racing car. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting here is 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 let's just look at, at, at this revolution of generative AI because it is really impressive. It's, it's, yeah. We've been hearing about AI for years and years and years. I would say to people, don't panic. It's five years away before it happens. And then last November, the 30th of November, 2022, a date that will be go down in history, ChatGPT was launched or, or publicly launched because it was available before that. But And it blew people away because what it can do is impressive. Of course, how it got to doing that is a different story. It basically stole all its own material off the internet. It's called scraping, and a whole bunch of lawsuits, including RRR Martin, uh, who's the guy who wrote what became Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, claiming that their their copyright and their intellectual property has been stolen, which it has. A whole lot of websites have now prevented generative AI bots from scraping them from. Because what it does is it, it's, it, it looks at all of the previous written materials, writing styles, um, etc., and and uses that to train itself. Now, I mean, that's a vast amount of information. It's taken years and years and years to train the AI to do what it does, and it's impressive what it does. But we, we have to just realize that it didn't get its source material for free. The, the, it, you know, all of the, the material that generative AI has trained itself on is someone else's intellectual copy. 
intellectual property. It's someone else's intellectual work. Yeah. You know, so so, and this is what comes down to for the for the Hollywood writers. They're saying, hang on a second. Firstly, we're not getting paid enough. They they're still being paid in a system uh, of linear television. So show yeah. gets broadcast. It does this. Streaming has completely changed the American um, television market and globally. So, so these, you know, the content being created in America, they want royalties for when it's played overseas. They want royalties for how many times it's streamed. It's quite reasonable. What's happened in Hollywood is that there's been a rebalancing of the agreements between the the creators and the, the studios. Yeah. You know that is that is redress redress the fact that it's no longer just being shown once on a, an American broadcast uh, TV channel and then yeah you know, that gets watched hundreds of millions of times differently. Exactly. So yeah. So that for the most part seems to be what has been resolved, and and also the the, the fundamental idea of that. And remember, this is a union, so they, they're looking after their members. The fundamental idea that you need a certain amount of writers on a show to produce good quality. Now, I've been saying this for years and years and years, which is there's a difference between what is being produced in TV studios versus Hollywood, right? Hollywood is one big show, one big event for, should be 90 minutes, but the movies are now like three hours. They've only got one opportunity, whereas TV is a, you know, they're, you know, there can be six episodes in a series or 22 or... So there are lots of opportunities to to produce content. But to my mind, and, I, and I, I'm sure you're going to agree with me, the reason television is, is going through a golden era in a way that movies isn't is because TVs are, the TV industry is, is led by the writers. Absolutely. The writers are the people who have the power. And they are the people who produce the content tells me that we call it content, but nonetheless, they are the people producing what we end up watching as TV shows. So so the quality of what's involved is infinitely better. Why? Because you've got professionals who've been doing it for years and years, and they are doing a really good job, and they're honing it, and they're writing it. And I've been following this for years, looking at the, at the, at the way good TV shows work. So for instance, The Big Bang Theory is one of my favorites as you know, it should be for everybody. Well, everybody you, should I... find us funny. Um, <laughs> but but what, what's amazing about that is that the the writers involved are really good. They have this writers' room. They put in all these funny jokes about mathematics and the the equations on the on the on the boards are always a, a joke in of themselves. You can't do that with generative AI. You can't do that so, with one or two writers. You need a big bunch of people to create the creativity. But, of course, those people are expensive, and the studios don't want to pay for that because now they think, oh, well, we can just put it into ch- uh, chat GBT. Okay, so, Toby, we have to go into the news, but but I'm going to do something unusual. I'm going to ask you to hold till after the news because there are two things that, that I think get raised with this. The one is you saying we can't do that with generative AI, and I start to wonder if in the future we could. And the second, I suppose, is what you raised up front, is the issue of IP. And I'm wondering if with generative AI and artificial intelligence as it's moving along, we need to start thinking very differently about cultural commons. So hang on the line. Let's go to news. And uh, when we come back, we'll finish that. Eight o'clock, time for the news. Good morning. 
The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant, 7 to 10 a.m. Five minutes past eight, we're moving into the second hour of the JSB and we're going to do things slightly differently in this half hour simply because we were chatting to Toby Shapshak, Editor-in-Chief of Stuff.co.za about um, artificial intelligence and we've heard about the right to strike, the deal has been made but the threat of artificial intelligence, indeed generative artificial intelligence, continues and uh, I wanted to ask you, Toby, um, you know, we talk about... uh, IP, you mentioned IP earlier, intellectual property. And of course, that is a critical issue. And I started to wonder when when I'd first been reading about this a while back and also the stuff I've been hearing about um, AI and that, is it not time for us to rethink Creative Commons where um, IP becomes uh, available to all and maybe shift and reimagine what that could look like? Toby? Can you hear me? Can yeah, I can me? hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> I love how we repeat so many times. Um, I think you're probably right. I do think there is a, is a necessity to revisit it. But fundamentally, what we're talking about is people who have created something. Okay, Toby, you sound like you, you're talking from a, a, a very far away speakerphone. Can you just give me a little closer? Let's, let me try again. That's How's perfect. That? Yeah, perfect. I'm not speaking to you on an iPhone 15, which has not overheated in my hand. <laughs> um, uh, um, so, 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 what what we've got here? Let's just just look at this without taking a bigger picture. I write something. I write an article. The Financial Mail or the Daily Maverick public publishes it on the internet. Someone yeah. goes, they scan it. And then you go to ChatGPT and you say, write an article in the style of Toby Shapshack. And there you have a, you know, an article with the kind of phrases I use or the, you know, convoluted sentence structure I like and whatever. You've got, mm. you, you've created something in the, in, in the style of X and therefore that, that. Who owns that? Does the person who created the the, the the ability to take the previous material and recreate it, is that a creative process? Was it the person who wrote it first or created the artwork first or the poem or the, the song or the lyrics of the song? Who owns the copyright? Who, whose creative process are we talking about? You know, where where... Where does the creativity happen? Where does the magic happen? So, and and that's that's the that's the question that everyone's starting to ask right now. And of course, authors and other uh, people who've, who've generated the stuff are immediately saying, "You can't have this. You can't steal my the work that I've done. You can't you can't scrape my intellectual property to train someone to do something like I did. I spent." X number of years, decades, learning how to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's really the kind of conversation we need to be having. Who owns the output? Who owns the work product? To use but perhaps, terrible but perhaps the question is, what is creativity? And we need to really there resolve that. Because if I think about it, I could write a really great song and I sing it and it's amazing. But you could then take that song and you do a cover of it and you shift and you change it and it's even better. Now, Well, first, first I want to say <laughs> any song that you write, Michelle Constant, will be brilliant. 
And secondly, no one could make it better, you know. And, and, <laughs> Toby, and, and the so listeners good. need to know that, that you don't just invite me on the show because I think you're glorious. <laughs> you are glorious and you invite me on the show. They, they, they They're unrelated. two very different things. <laughs> I mean, you've got the equivalent of a knighthood from the French government for your support of the arts. So let's let's look at that, right? And I'm a, I, I have a French connection of my own. My father was born there. My grandfather was a an artist who made who made his living making art. Um, he was a sculptor mostly. So, so, so what is what does that mean? Like, mm. where where does this incredibly important part of our culture go? You know, artists and poets and writers show us a, a, a mirror of our society. They 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 make us think about things. Mm. That's the role of the arts. Can that be done by artificial intelligence? I mean, the answer immediately is no. It's not true creativity. It's derivative creativity. My father's favorite artist was Picasso. He always told me the story about how notorious a plagiarist Picasso was when when he arrived at the cafes in France where all the other artists were drinking and talking. They all stopped talking because he would copy them. But of course, he copied them in a way that made whatever he was copying even better. He was a genius in that in that way. You know, he was a he was a. Uh, I mean, I, I may get sued for saying this, Michelle. He was a plagiarist, but he was a plagiarist who, with an insane amount of talent and vision and artistic ability, and he clicked onto someone else's work and made it his own uh, and brought a level of creativity yeah. to it. You know, this is what we're really talking about. We're not talking about can a computer be creative or, or, or who owns the copyright. Right now, a computer cannot be as creative. A, a software program can't be. I mean, it, it can generate music. It can generate pictures. It can write but articles. We say right but now, is but the future is now. But what about in 100 years? So, Toby, I'm going to leave it there because I have to go to a spot break. But uh, always good to talk to you. I feel like this is a whole topic that we could do a guest presentation on what is creativity if we think about artificial intelligence as well.